This is an audio-only version of the video series broadcast on YouTube. If you want to experience Me, Myself, and Die as it was originally intended, search for Me, Myself, and Die on YouTube, Facebook, or Rumble. Or go to www.memyselfanddie.com. All of the show's playlists, social media links, and other material can be found there. And now, Me, Myself, and Die. Your room. Arn's sister stands on a rocky shore looking out over the infinite waves of a roiling southern ocean. Here, at the very end of the world, the very southern edge of the Ironlands where she has led her people who have been on the run for years and years, the scattered folk of Wolfstone and the adopted people of the village of Highmark, and now having led them here to the very edge of the earth, from which there is nowhere else to run. She looks out now under a night sky, the stars twinkling in the heavens above. As she looks out over the waves, hearing only the sound of the wind and the water, she wonders to herself, will my brother return? What has become of him? Did he succeed in his quest against Thaugalos? Or has he only provoked the beast into some new, greater depredation. She turns back to the northern horizon and looks back on the Iron Lands, the only home she has ever known. And it is in this moment when something catches her eye off the right. And as she turns to look, she can see there in the sky a growing light, a red, fiery light, burning with ever more intensity as the moments pass. And as the red, fiery light grows, she once again mutters to herself, Oh, Arn, what have you done? What have you done? Welcome back once again to Me, Myself, and Die. I am, as always, your intrepid GM host and player, Trevor DeVal. Thank you so much for joining me. And uh, if you like the show, please do hit the like button and uh, subscribe if you haven't. And if you'd like to support the show on Patreon, we have a link for that below. Well, here we are, standing at the doorstep. Arn Kalapunki has finally, finally, after all of these trials and tribulations, made his way here to the base of the tower, the very lair of Thaugalos itself. On his way to the tower, he started to receive visions, visions that were coming from Veslidi, from Ulvatan, Wolfstooth, the spear of his grandfather. And these visions seemed to show what Veslidi saw when he himself was here all those years ago. It is almost as if Arn is retracing his grandfather's steps through the snow on the way to the tower. And the first thing that he saw was that Veslidi was not alone. Veslidi was being guided by some figure towards the tower. 
When Arn discovered the tower itself, he saw that it was separated by an impassable gorge, but as it turned out, thanks to a lucky roll, the gorge was not impassable at all, but in fact, there was a hidden bridge made by the elves of old, just about 30 feet down the gorge that was invisible to all those who did not know what to look for. Luckily, Arn was able to see it. And now he stands alone at the base of the bridge, preparing to move across it and into the cliff face beyond where there's a large open cave mouth. Again, also camouflaged from above. Who knows what lies in the tunnel ahead, but one thing is for sure, we are going to add two ticks to his main vow for reaching the tower at all. Arn steps on the bridge and begins to walk across its graceful stone arch. There are no guardrails, so the precipice is uh, dangerously close to either side, but he's able to very carefully make his way as the wind howls through the gorge, blowing snow everywhere. When he gets about halfway, once again, the whispering of Veslidi shows him what Veslidi saw, the image that Veslidi saw, and again, from Veslidi's eyes, he can see now there is a figure in front of him, and that figure is moving ahead guiding and pointing the way to the large opening ahead. Arn's vision is his own again. Arn continues to the very end of the bridge. All is silent except for the howling of the wind. When he emerges and sets foot in the tunnel on the other side of the bridge, a large, massive, massive tunnel, high, it has to be 50 feet high, very spaces, of course, but it's high, wide, twisting tunnel. And as he picks his way through the snowdrifts that have accumulated just on the inside of the tunnel, he knows that the tower obviously is up ahead. He's going to have to find a way up, perhaps a staircase, who knows, who knows. But as he's walking through this tunnel, he can see that this tunnel is in fact decorated with various sigils, markings, things that he has seen before on the island of Hogvendil. Things he has seen before in all of the ancient elven architecture that he has encountered before. So he knows for a fact that this was, yes, 100% an elven tower at one point, but it is ancient. Its stones have long since fallen. It gives the sense that this tower has stood here for millennia. He continues to walk ahead. Vesely whispering, whispering, whispering madly. Arn pulls the spear and holds it ahead of him unsure of what is to come. But as he does so, he gains another image. And this time, once again, seeing through Veslidi's eyes, he sees what Veslidi saw. The figure in front of Veslidi puts its hand up and turns. And at that moment, Arn, seeing through Veslidi's eyes, sees the wooden mask of an elf. The figure, the elf, once again, gestures past one of the curves in the tunnel. The tunnel splits off ahead and the figure is gesturing to the leftward tunnel as if it knows where to go. Arn pulls out of this vision again. His grandfather was being led to this place by an elf. How did that happen? Why did his grandfather never tell him this? What else have you been hiding all this time, dear ancestor? Arn continues on. He takes the route to the left. What he finds there, it is a large, irregular chamber. Across the cavern, he can see 
a half-broken winding staircase winding its way up, presumably to the base of that tower, whatever courtyard may exist up there. But as he picks his way through the cavern, up ahead, in the middle of the cavern, there is a, a pile of uh, detritus. It almost looks like some ancient nest of some sort. But as he gets closer to it, he can see on the stones to his left, huge black scorch marks as though a great flame had engulfed that area at some point. And on the ground in front of that, he spies something. He kneels down to inspect it. What he sees is a half-broken, half-singed, burnt, ancient piece of wood. He very carefully picks it up. It almost falls apart in his hand. It's so old. But he very, very gingerly picks it up, kind of blows the dust and dirt off of it. And what he holds in his hand is the burnt remains of an elven mask. And at that moment, Vesleedy begins to whisper to him again, and Arn's mind is filled with the memory, the image, all seen through Vesleedy's eyes, of this elven companion that was with Vesleedy, suddenly turning and re reacting to something outside of his field of vision, and there, the, the whole image is, is blasted with fire, and the mask goes tumbling off of the elf, the elven body becoming incinerated, the mask goes flipping through the air, hitting the wall, shattering in two, and that one half falls to the ground, half singed, half burnt. Arn, once again, re regains his senses. He looks at the mask again, and he can see on the edge a series of sigils, common to the other symbols and sigils and calligraphy carved in the stone that he's seen through all of the elvish architecture, but these sigils are familiar to him. Familiar for some reason, and then he remembers where he's seen them. He goes into his pack and produces Faraz's weaponsmith hammer. And on the hammer, the hammer that he most recently used to cause a little avalanche to help him against Hogvedil, but on that hammer, there is symbols. And as he looks at the symbols on the mask and the symbols on the hammer, he realizes that there are aspects of the symbols that are the same. Now, this is a language. Arn doesn't read the elven language, of course, but is he able to suss out just by intuiting and by his experiences with the elves, is he able to suss out what this in fact means? I'm just gonna ask the Oracle. I think it's going to be 50-50. So 51 or greater, and Arn will intuit what this means. 52, 52. He recognizes that the symbol on the hammer is the same symbol on the mask, and the symbol is placed in such a way as to denote clan. And at that moment, Arn makes the connection. The elf that went with Vesleedy was from Windhaven. Ah. He gingerly puts the mask down, knowing that he can't take it with him. It'll just disintegrate into dust. He continues his way through the cavern and he comes towards that, that large nest. And again, there's huge areas of blackened stones, half melted stones in some cases. Clearly a great fire has been used here in the past, in the past. And as he gets closer, to this nest. This lady whispers, 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 and Arn looks down and he sees in the nest a series of ancient items, 
ancient. He knows they're ancient. So fragile. Fragile not just because of their age, but because of what they are. Arn looks upon a whole host of shattered eggs. He kneels down to one of them and realizes that these eggs have been split with a blade, every single one of them. Maugaloth is female. Beslidi, what did you do? What did you do here? The memory of Veslidi comes pouring into Arn's mind, and now Veslidi is no longer in the tower with the elf. Now Veslidi is speaking to a group of elves in what must be some elven village. Is it Windhaven? Impossible to tell. It is a memory. It's filled with so many different elements. But in that memory, Veslidi is speaking to these elves, and he says to them, we have an opportunity here. We can end this scourge once and for all. The dragons do not just threaten my people. They threaten yours. But I know where she is. The last of the great beasts. If you bring me safely to her lair, we can end not only her, but put an end to her entire line. For it is come to me that Thaugolos has recently had a clutch of eggs. If we do not act, those hatchlings will grow and become devourers themselves. We have an opportunity here to exterminate the dragons, all of them and read the skies of their menace forever. Arn breaks out of the vision. And now he knows it all makes sense. Veslidi, you did this. You provoked Thaugalos. You killed her children. And now she seeks to slay yours in vengeance. And at that moment, for the first time, for the first time, Veslidi speaks, not just in memory, but speaks directly to Arn. The voice in Arn's head says, A dragon's fury will never die until the source of her vengeance is gone. You must end this. For she will end you and your sister. Oh, Veslidi, what fate have you bestowed upon your family? Arn picks his way across the chamber and goes to the stairway, begins to wind his way up the spiral staircase. Well, the truth is known. And knowing the truth, is going to count for a milestone, this grim truth that the dragon is seeking vengeance for her murdered children. Arn emerges at the top and emerges into the ruins of a broken tower. Now, here's the question. This is the lair of Thaugalos. Is 
Thalgalos here, right now. Thalgalos was wounded. Wounded, in fact, to the, to the point, I, I think that Thalgalos still ha will have like two boxes filled on, on her, <laughs> on her uh, track. Let us ask the Oracle, is the dragon here? I believe it is likely. <gasps> 26 or greater was a yes. The dragon is not here. The dragon is not here. Okay, well, that is very good news for Arn. He makes his way out of the tower and he finds himself in a courtyard, a ruined courtyard. The wind howls among the broken stones of the ancient elven tower, the exterior covered in snow, of course. From the edge of the tower, he can look out and see the world beyond. It is quite a vantage point. He has come up so high, so, so very high here. But of the dragon, there is currently no sign. He must be out hunting. He knows that she will return. This is her lair. And that it is very possible she may even sense his presence. She sensed Vesleidi before. She can sense the, the presence of the weapon that wounded her. So there is a very good chance that even now, Thalgalos is on the way back. So he doesn't have a lot of time. He has to try and find a vantage point. He's got to find, he's got to set an ambush. He has to set an ambush. He cannot face his dragon in one-on-one -on -one combat. He'll be incinerated. The only chance he has here is to try and surprise her. I think this is secure an advantage. This is secure an advantage with observation. He's quickly looking around. So this is going to be with wits. He's looking for maybe a, 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 a place in the, the tall tower that he can hide, anything at all. Secure an advantage. This is plus wits and he's going to get, oh yes. <laughs> he is going to get a strong hit with a double threes. This is excellent. He's going to prepare to act and take two momentum, which puts his momentum up to six. He is going to sorely need his momentum in what is to come. He finds a hiding place, a great hiding place somewhere at the top of the tower. He is hidden away from above in case that dragon comes back or rather when that dragon comes back and he waits. He does have the double. So what is the nature of this opportunity that presents itself? Come on, let's roll. This is what we do. We're random here. P 20, 20, 20, 20, attack, 36, attack, world, attack, world is the nature of the opportunity he gets, attack, world, I think world means the world of the lair, the world of the dragon, and attack, world, it's a positive thing, yeah, you know what, I'm going to assume that the wounds that he dealt Valgalos have not yet fully recovered, so instead of two boxes being filled from a previous, it's going to be three boxes filled, which is a pretty big advantage, but hey, he rolled those doubles on a strong hit. I think it is fair to say. So Thalgalos is already up to three boxes before she even shows up, which is very good. Because remember, Thalgalos is an epic foe, but remember because Arn has Ulvatan, she's an extreme foe, which means if she does damage to him, she knocks him down to zero health in one hit. So he cannot afford to make any mistakes here or to get unlucky or to have bad rolls. So he's probably dead, but let us hope not. Let us hope this is not in fact how it ends for Arn, but he is perfectly positioned in the tower and he waits and he waits. And I think soon, soon, there is the flap and creak of leathery wings from beyond. Thalgalos indeed was out hunting and having feasted on whatever wild animals she found out there. Now, as she gets closer to the tower, begins to sense 
That old thing, that same thing she sensed when she first encountered Arn with Ulvatan. And she knows something is up, but he is so well hidden that she does not know where that is. But she comes circling around, but cannot see anything out of the ordinary because Arn is so perfectly positioned. But eventually, the wings creak and she comes to land right at a spot which is of utmost advantage for Arn, who, hiding in the shadows of the stones, both hands gripping with a death grip on Ulvatan, looks at her. Now, he has already dealt with the dragon fear before, so he does not have to endure stress right now. He has the total drop on her. And because of this, last time he encountered the dragon, in order to get even close to an angry dragon, you have to face danger, but the dragon does not know that he is here. So, he waits, and he waits. The dragon turns, sniffing the air. She knows something is amiss. She knows that, that there's something here which was not there before, and she begins to put it together in her reptilian mind that she has smelled this before, and it is not good. It is a horrible, horrible thing. In fact, it is the smell of sky stone. It is the smell of sky iron that wounded her and butchered her baby so many years ago. And now, just as she begins to realize that that thing is here again, the object of her vengeance, the object of her fury, Arn knows that it is time to strike. And so, my friends, here at the end of all things, we enter the fray. He is attacking with Shadow to enter the fray as he rises up from his hiding place and prepares to leap down towards Thalgalos with the full spear before he only had the spearhead, but now he has the full spear. Okay, enter the fray. I'm so excited, I don't even know which dice to pull. Here we go. Enter the fray. Rolling plus unaware foe, plus shadow is three. And it's going to be, okay, what's gonna be six? What's gonna be wicked? It's gonna be wicked. A wicked, choose one. Bolster your position or take the initiative. Well, if he bolsters his position, he'll go to eight um, uh, uh, momentum, which is good. But if he, if he does that, he'll lose the initiative. And it's not a good idea to not have the initiative on a dragon. So he has to steal the initiative. Makes sense. He leaps down and drives the spear, hopefully, into Thalgalos' back or flanks or hindquarters or whatever you want to call it. What does the strike do? It is plus iron. Well, here's the thing, friends. Obviously, Vesleezy is going nuts because this is his opportunity to finish what he started. So he is going to use the blade-bound feet. He's going to add plus one, and he's going to endure the stress. He's going to endure the stress, and he's rolling a plus three, and he will roll a weekend. Oh, no! He's going to roll a six which is a weak hit. However, on a weak hit, on strike, you inflict your harm, lose initiative. He inflicts two harm, but he gets plus two harm. So he does four harm, two boxes. She roars in pain and agony as she spins. She has initiative on Arn, but before we do anything else, Arn must endure stress. He suffers two stress. His spirit goes down to two, and he must endure stress with heart, and he's gonna roll an eight, which is a strong hit, and because he has battle scarred, 
This is the thing with him and Undoer Stress. I think he's going to go back up to plus three and his momentum is not going to change because he gets plus one and then minus one. Anyway, the point is Thalgalos. Well, I think it is fair to say that we're going to roll on what the combat action is for the dragon because I, I almost never used this table. Let's see what she does. 36. She takes a decisive action. Well, there is a huge horrifying inhalation as the great furnace of her lungs kindles the flame and she blasts the flame directly at Arn. He has to dive out of the way right now or he is in big, big trouble. Speed, agility, precision. This is plus edge. He's gonna roll a... Okay, okay. Well, look at this. He's got a six, which is a weak hit. Mm, a weak hit and face danger. He does dive out of the way. He manages to dive out of the way. Some old bits of wood or something get blasted and set on fire. Whoosh. But there is a troublesome cost. <laughs> you know what I'm gonna say? I'm gonna say that it is his supply. Yeah, it's a supply. His pack gets ripped off of him and incinerated. Whoosh, right there. The advantage of Ironsworn, you can mitigate your circumstances based on some things, which I think, again, it's fair. He's fighting a dragon. Okay. <laughs> Well, unfortunately, it's a weak hit, which means Thalgolos still has the initiative. She spins around, no lithe grace this time, just full reptilian fury, all scales and teeth and claws. What does she do this time? Let's look at my favorite little combat action table here, because, you know, we never know. 68, what does she do? She leverages the advantage of a weapon or ability. Guess what? She's just breathed fire, but I, so I don't think she's gonna breathe again right now. It's gonna take a few moments for her to rekindle her flame. What she's gonna do is, she is now going to try and snap at Arn and fly up in the air. Once again, he has a dodge, but it's, it's madness. He can see her wings preparing to beat. He's thinking, uh-oh, she might be grabbing me and pulling me up. They can't do that. Okay, so he's gonna dive out of the way, face danger, using edge, which is plus three. Oh, thank you, please. That is a strong hit. You are successful, and you take plus one momentum. His momentum goes up to seven, and he regains the initiative. He dives out of the way. She snaps her mighty jaws towards him. They clamp down on air because he's dived out of the way. He has the initiative. He once again drives at the dragon with the spear. This is gonna be a strike and he's going to once again call upon the power of Vislidi. If not now, then when? He's gonna suffer the two stress, so he's gonna go down to one, but first he's gonna roll with a total of plus three because he gets a plus one, six, which is a weak hit. Okay, well, you inflict your harm and lose initiative. Savage harm and two harm, so he does four harm again. Two boxes! He drives Ulfatan deep into the flesh of the dragon. She roars! And now, she again has the initiative. What's she gonna do? Combat action, what's she gonna do? She is going to 87. She is going to attack with precision. This is her claws coming in. She launches herself at Arn. He has to stumble backwards, desperately trying to fend her off, but this is gonna be a clash because he's gonna try and actually defend her off with the spear. So this is a clash with Iron. He rolls a four. <laughs> which is a weak hit. Inflict your harm, but pay the price, and the foe still has initiative. She launches a flurry of claws and teeth at him. He is able to duck out of the way for most of it and drives the spear deep into another wound that she had already taken, probably from Vesluvi all those years ago. She roars in pain, but not before she shreds the armor off of Arn, just tearing into his flesh. 
The price he pays is harm, and he is set to zero health, just like that. Endure harm, plus heart, which is plus four, which is a nine. This is a weak hit. Weak hit, you press on. However, because he has battle scarred, he's got a hit, so he takes plus one momentum. His momentum goes up to eight. I think he goes flying back due to the ferocity of this attack, and unfortunately, she still has the advantage. She can taste his blood. She is going to try and finish him now. What does she do? She, 58. She uses the terrain to gain advantage. She has been wounded quite badly by this pesky human, but she knows she's got him, but she just she's very hesitant to continue with the attack like this, so she is going to take to the sky and prepare to blast Arn with fire. Now, as she does this, this gives Arn a chance horribly. <laughs> Wounded. He's not technically wounded, but he's down at zero health, uh, blood streaming from, from the wounds. This gives him a chance to try and dive for cover, running across the courtyard into the comparative safety of that tower, while Thalgalos comes around here, still with initiative, blasting flame everywhere down here. He's got to do a face danger. Speed and agility plus edge is going to be a six, which is a weak hit. So he succeeds and it faces a troublesome cost. I think he's going to suffer one momentum. His momentum goes down to seven as he, he, as he kind of stumbles his way through the broken stones of, of, the, of the broken tower and manages to get inside just as Thalgalos comes and blankets the area with flame. And again, Thalgalos has the initiative. She lands in front of him. Her serpentine head snakes in the, the, the inside of the tower, trying to dislodge Arn with a snap of her jaws. <laughs> Again, he has got to face danger to dive out of the way. He's just on the back foot the whole way here. He's gonna roll a plus three. Oh no, oh no, oh no. In a mess you fail, your progress is you pay the price. Well, this wasn't actually a clash, so he's not gonna take harm. <gasps> Oh, I just got an idea for a price. Oh, I just got an idea for a price. Her serpentine head snakes in the tower. As I said, he's trying to dive out of the way. But in that moment, her jaws snap down on the spear shaft of Ulvatan. And with a roar of fury, now that she can taste the residual metal of that thing which murdered her children, she yanks her head back quickly, opening her jaws as she does so flinging the spear out over the edge of the tower, falling down and away into the gorge below. Ulvatan has been lost. Arn is in big trouble. <laughs> oh, Arn is in big trouble here. Ulvatan is gone. His weapon to use against the dragon is gone. And she still has the initiative. What's she gonna do? What does she do? 48. She readies an action. So she knows that she can't get to him right now. So she begins to sort of paw her way back and forth again, like a huge kind of cat waiting for him to emerge. She knows that he's got nowhere to go. He can, he can try and get down those stairs, but she's got that kind of covered. So she's like waiting for him, waiting for him, waiting to strike. She has the initiative. In the meantime, Arn knows he is stuck inside the tower there, hiding behind the rocks. His spear is gone. All he has left is his bow, his bow. He is an archer. 
He is an excellent archer, as a matter of fact. Oh, he has his bow, but he doesn't have the initiative. He pulls his bow. He strings it. He gathers an arrow. He's leaning up against the wall, breathing heavily. He's got to try it. He's got to try what he knows can't be done. He's got to try to speak to the dragon. He presses his back against the wall. Thargalos, if you can understand me, you must listen to me. I know why you are hunting my people. I know what my great-grandfather did. I know he killed your children. But he is dead and gone. Your vengeance has already been realized. Let the people of Wolfstone go, and we will no longer bother you ever again. Is there even a chance that Thaugalos is going to listen to this? Vesledi, if he could if he could now, if he could whisper to Arn, which he can't because he's long gone. If he could whisper to Arn, he would tell him, you are mad, son, you are mad. What you ask will never, can never happen. There is a small chance that Thaugalos will even be reasoned with 91 or greater. Oh, no way! No way! There's a chance that Thaugalos, so Thaugalos stops prowling and her head kind of cocks. Clearly she understands what he's saying. Okay, but that's a chance that she'll even listen. That's not him convincing her. Oh, oh boy. Uh, okay. Um, he says to her, Thaugalos, I have caused you grave harm. I can do so again. But it is not my intention to kill you. That was my grandfather's doing, not mine. But he is gone. He is dead, Thaugalos. This feud between you and my folk does not have to continue. You can live out your days. I know you are the last of the great dragons. I know. You are alone in the world. But believe me, I know what it is to be alone in the world, Thakalos. Please, please, forgive us. Forgive us. Thaugalos, still pacing in front. Her breathing has slowed. Her growls have become less aggressive. And Arn thinks, have I done it? Have I actually convinced her to give up her vengeance? He steps out of the protection of the rocks and looks up at her. He still has his bow in his hand, but the arrow is, is down. He doesn't have it immediately like, pointed towards him. What say you, great dragon? My life is not worth it, but your life is precious. For you are the last dragon in the Iron Lands. If you pursue your quest of vengeance, other Ironlanders will eventually come. The elves whom you attacked will band together with them. They will never stop hunting you. But you have this chance now. Fly into the north. Make your home far away from these people. What say you? Great Thaugalos. I can't believe he's about to compel a dragon. Or maybe. Plus heart is a five. 
is a five, which is a failure. But his momentum is at seven, which means he burns his momentum down to two, turning that into a strong hit. Take plus one momentum, he's back up to three. She looks at him, her head coming down towards him, venom dripping from her fangs. She motions with her head towards the tower, and inside that tower is another clutch of broken eggs, shattered by the spears and swords of Veslidi years ago. Orn sees that she's looking there. I know no words of mine will ever replace what you have lost. But I give you my word, Dagoloth. When I return to the Iron Lands to the south, I will tell them that you are dead and that there is no need for them to ever pursue you. I will carry this secret to the grave if it will save their lives from your vengeance. What say you? Her head snakes down towards him. Because of this 91 roll and then a strong hit, because of the momentum. She steps back and begins to flap her mighty wings, kicking up dust and snow. And she lifts off, flying up higher, circling around once, all the way around, giving one last bellowing roar. But this time, not of defiance, of acceptance, and to the north she goes, flying off towards the highest peaks in the Ironlands, where no mortal or immortal will ever be able to find her. Well, I think that's a milestone on the quest, totally unforeseen, but here's the thing. Fulfill your vow. Does he achieve what he believes to be the fulfillment of his vow? Has he? truly freed the people of Wolfstone from the scourge of the mountain. Strong hit. On the southern coast of the Ironlands, the encampments of the scattered folk of Wolfstone and Highmarker clutched together, perched atop a high cliff. Standing on the edge of that cliff, overlooking the sea, is Yorin, Arn's sister. She thinks of her brother far away. She wonders, has he been successful? Or has the scourge of the mountain taken his life? And is the scourge now coming for hers and those of her people? When on the horizon there is a light, a red fiery light that begins to glow with intensity. And as she looks at that light, she thinks of her brother. Arn, my brother, what have you done? And against that light is silhouetted a form. A lone figure comes walking out of the light of the new dawn. For that is the light that is 
illuminating the sky. A new day. And that figure is Arn Kelepunki. Yorun, squinting to see him against the eastern horizon, begins to walk quickly towards him, her boots kicking up the pollen of the flowers that have begun to grow here in the springtime of the Ironlands, for months have gone by since Arn fought the dragon. And as she sees him and recognizes that it is him, she breaks into a run, rushing to embrace her brother. She looks into his eyes, overwhelmed with emotion, but she is still Yorin. And that moment of weakness passes quickly. She steals herself. She says to him, is it done? Sister, the beast Thaugalos, the scourge of the mountain, will never again plague the folk of Wolfstone. The quest is done. Tears fill her eyes in disbelief. All these years, leading her people from village to village, from cave to cave, from, from mountain to forest to ragged coast, all these years of running are finally over. And as the sunlight begins to illuminate the camps of the folk of Wolfstone and Highmark, they begin to emerge from their tents. And a murmur, a whisper begins to, to go among the people as some of the people recognize, Arn is, Arn is returned, Arn Kalapuki is returned. And very soon a large crowd is streaming out of their tents towards him, surrounding him and Yorun. Arn stands before them, the morning light full on his face. My friends, people of Ulfstone and of Highmark, your days of running are over. The dragon is gone. The crowd erupts into cheers. Members of the community are coming and clapping Arn on the back and shaking his hand. People openly weeping at this news that their lives are running, constantly running over. Later, Yorun and Arn stand on the cliff face looking out towards the southern sea. You have done it. You have returned and fulfilled the quest. And now, I give to you what is rightfully yours. Overseership of the folk of Wolfstone. Yorun. The folk of Wolfstone have had their overseer with them this whole time. And she has never let them down. And I have faith that she never what will you do, Arn? Will you stay with us? In the time that I have been back in the Ironlands, I have learned that it is not my home. No. I must return to the south. I have people there, friends, who, if still alive, may need my help. I hope you understand Go to them. Be free of this place. And they embrace one last time. And as Arn gathers his things and prepares to go down the cliff face to the shore to find a boat to take him south, where he can once again find his way through the barriers, Yorun calls out to him. 
Arn Kalapunki. You are an honorable man. He nods to her and sets off. And so it ends as it began, on the deck of a ship, this time headed south. For Arn knows the secret ways through the barriers, and find them again, he will, as he returns south to his friends, who he hopes are still very much alive after all this time. And if so, perhaps he can find them and help them. But that will be the subject of another season of Me, Myself, and I, for here we come to the end of the quest. Dear friends, thank you so much for joining me through this mad ride through the Ironlands. I will have a new season for you coming up in the future, but in the meantime, I will have all kinds of new little things going. I have the, the project called the Sage's Library, where I'll be talking about RPGs that I've owned over the years, and still for my Patreons, the Drinking with the M's interview, chat show, so there'll be many things coming your way still, not to worry, including a series of live chats, which I intend to keep doing. But in the meantime, we say farewell to Arn Kalapunki and to the Iron Lands, and to you, good friends, my dear subscribers, and especially my beloved patrons. Thank you so much for joining me here, and we will see you on the next season of me, myself, and Di. He has defeated the husk, but there is a consequence to pay.